everyone. <laughs> Apologies for the clipboard. I'm not doing any uh, inspections or anything like that. Um, I'm really delighted to be doing this panel today, mainly because, um, as you know, we're in the heart of FinTech. We're a membership association that represents the FinTech sector. And we do hear a lot about um, people's intentions to collaborate and to embrace innovation. And we have a lot of people doing the talk. But very suddenly, my steam the walk, or at least not a very successful collaboration. So I'm delighted to, to be able to, to give you about 20 minutes to, to talk about your collaboration. Um, we are going to be talking about experimentation in the corporate environment and how to keep the disruptor DNA alive. We know that cultural disruption is probably, transformation is probably one of the most challenging things you can achieve for any organization, especially for big financial institutions. I, I think I just want to start with that question, really, Yanni from ING. Um, how does a large financial organization embrace cultural innovation and experimentation? And maybe you can talk a bit about your um, unique uh, innovative pathway as well. Okay, great, thanks. Um, well, first of all, like in a, uh, mentioned in the introduction already, um, we have uh, the innovative uh, way of working in our DNA. Um, and we have also uh, defined a chief innovation office, uh, which guarantees for new innovative uh, way of working. Uh, and amongst others, we have an uh, innovation transformation program running, which is called PACE. Uh, and through that, uh, uh, we work with accelerators, we work with uh, PACE Everyday Track to make sure that we uh, embed innovation in our organization. And like said, culture doesn't change overnight. So uh, we have coaches that help implement on the ground uh, and to yeah, bring the spirit uh, of innovation within the organization and to keep it fresh. And we do so with, uh, yeah, with PACE, which is existing of uh, Lean Startup, um, design thinking and uh, Agile Scrum. Yeah. So we've got now the culture of innovation in place. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk a bit about your partnership with Firmhouse and, and what you've achieved with them. Yes, so we love to partner up, uh, especially because we believe that uh, not all exper expertise that we need are uh, in-house. Uh, and it's refreshing uh, because, well, Bob uh, will, uh, will explain later on himself, but uh, uh, what really helps us is that he has the uh, uh, experience both outside uh, in startups uh, and in corporates, and that helps us a lot uh, to ignite uh, innovation within our corporate and uh, to show what restrictions we have and where we might want to explore uh, on getting rid of those restrictions. Elaborate a bit further on, on what you've helped them to achieve. Yeah, so I, I think we started working together two years ago, and ultimately, uh, Firmas is a company that helps people, uh, so startups and corporate innovation teams, to test ideas in the market and enable them to do so, also from a technology standpoint. Uh, and we started, I think, one and a half to two years ago yes. to work together on this. Uh, it's a very early stage before everything started at ING to become really big. Um, and I think one of the main things that I feel is really important in this process when you cross over from the startup into the corporate environment doing experimentation is really bring the entrepreneurial um, mindset. And that sounds like ambiguous because a lot of people say that, but also actually really challenge in a way where you say, okay, so how would a founder approach the same problem and what action would they take right now to do something to get a piece of data in the market? I mean, you're all about experimentation, bringing it to big corporations. 
uh, what's the key ingredient to, to running a successful experimentation and also getting people to buy into it and actually engage in the process and minimizing any risks that are involved as well. Right, so, so it's, it's, it's actually funny because there's like a paradox within experimentation. You do it to minimize risk within your innovation project, but then when you do it in an existing environment, uh, for example in ING, there is obviously a lot of people who care about risk in what you're going to do. So the key ingredient to make experimentation successful is that you, you do things. Right? So you can make it a very elaborate scientific process in which you go for big data sets and you want to get like scientific answers, but it always starts with taking like a first step where you observe customer behavior. So it always means that you go out and do something and you can't really do it inside your building, which is obviously the, the most known thing that I get outside the building, is like mm -hmm. the thing we talk about. And the key ingredient to, mi like to, mi to, to minimize the risks, and I think you know even way more about this than I do because there's a lot of risk frameworks you can think about, is to manage the downside risk. And we talked mm -hmm. about this before as well. It's like, how do you identify for people who don't know what experimentation is, mm -hmm. what the risk actually is that you're taking? And I think yesterday, Alexander Oswald also mentioned in his talk, it's more expensive to not experiment than it is to experiment. You want to add a bit more on the subject Yeah, I think uh, what we've experienced is um, from the start on, we have involved our uh, support functions, so legal, compliance, ORM, branding or uh, external communications uh, in how can we make sure that while experimenting we don't limit ourselves too much however uh, do uh, ob obey and apply to um, the, the rules and regulations that we have to take into account and uh, what we see is that they are very happy to be involved from the start on because they also want uh, not to be the one pointing with the finger at the very end that this mm -hmm. is something we can't do because of uh, the legislation that we have. Um, but they also want to think along on how we can make this work within a corporate. And uh, I think that uh, by now we have come to a point uh, that we have uh, uh, an experiment framework, uh, that's how we call it, um, that has been set up uh, by the support functions in different business units and it, because of leveraging on each other's experience in mm -hmm. the different businesses, um, yeah, we've come to a solid framework in which we can freely experiment to a certain extent. Um, and how do you even come up with uh, what you're going to test, the ideas? I mean, is it Firm House that does that? Do you work collaboratively on that? And I, I can imagine it's a big challenge, especially with financial services, because you're across regions, you have a lot of rules and, and regulations. Yes. So we make sure that uh, we do apply it on business unit level, so uh, that we can take into account the local, uh, local rules and uh, regulations. Um, uh, while leveraging on uh, the, uh, the global approach that we have, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and so ultimately the teams do it. Like we don't come up with what they test. We help them get to the core of what is the biggest risk at this moment, considering everything we know about markets, but also what you know inside ING based on internal research that has been done before. Like how do you reuse that and repurpose that to identify what assumption is potentially going to kill your project? Um, so that's the most important thing. Like I mean, it's a very elaborate topic. We can't go and like mm -hmm. talk about experimentation. In that, in that detail level, but it's really important to reuse data you have and reuse market data you have as well before you actually start testing something. And can so you give us, yeah, sorry, I just wanna, we're talking about experimentation, can you give us an example of, of a good experiment that you guys are proud of and sort of walk me through that process? Which you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> right, so, so, I mean, there are so many examples that we know from ING and I think uh, one of the propositions we, uh, 
we worked on, uh, was really nicely tested using an experiment on the website of ING itself. Uh, so we actually enabled that team to launch compliantly a very small landing page to get some data signups. So they were testing sort of a new app idea, and they were testing it through recruiters agency. So they were recruiting the testers, and at some point they were asking themselves, are we getting the real answers from these people that are actually recruited to test our app instead mm -hmm. of people that we've targeted in the market and get them to test the app? So we helped them launch that, and I think that was really interesting because we could compare the, the behavior of people who were not part of a test group and then get them into the app and have them test it and then compare those results to each other. Right, so this ultimately, I think, like the, it, like the other topic is innovation accounting. You want to establish a baseline, and the recruited people are a really good one, a proxy for us to determine what's the behavior they have, and then how does that compare to people who were not approached to test that, but actually entered that themselves. Mm -hmm. So it was a really good yeah. one I saw. And what yeah. I think is really good on the experimentation approach as a whole, and that has to do with the whole way we, uh, we want to change our culture, is the fact that we don't give them a course and let them run by themselves. We yeah. guide them with our coaches, and we guide them with the expertise, uh, like, for example, in this case, Firmhouse has. Um, and also, Firmhouse is not only going there once for a training, but uh, it c continues to catching up mm -hmm. with the teams on how they are doing, how their uh, experiments are running, and challenging them if it's uh, the right approach uh, or if they should take a different direction uh, to make sure that the results are valid. And the purpose of these experimentations is to get products and services out to market quicker and, and to, to just check and see if, if they're good and sound for consumers. And is the innovation happening in-house with your team or are you working with fintech companies that are you know, presenting their innovations to you and you're testing it to, to see if it's a viable product? Yeah, we have consumers. several ways. So we have the innovation studios in which we work together with fintechs, uh, mm -hmm. with startups, sorry. And we have the fintech department that uh, works together with, uh, with fintechs. Uh, but we also have our uh, own uh, innovation transformation program running. And I think through these different angles uh, from both uh, uh, top down and bottom up, uh, we see that uh, they are very eager to, to adopt th this change. Mm. Um, yeah. So it seems like everything is running smoothly. I'm sure there are some challenges to, to this type of experimentation, especially when you're bringing you know, people from outside to come in to shake things up. Um, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear a bit about the challenges and, and if there's any cultural clashes maybe between the banks and how the teams work versus how a nimble, agile boutique agency consultancy <laughs> like yours works. Yeah. Maybe you can give the Maybe external view first. <laughs> and you can <laughs> give the corporate perspective. Yeah. So we have yeah. 10 minutes? No. Um, <laughs> so th there, there's a lot of things that, that, that are more challenging. And I think, so there's two observations that for me are really the ones that's, that struck home in the past two years doing this in this environment. And most, like, the most important one is technology. So you can't have a team start experimenting without them having like, any ability to start building some product. And maybe kind of like, it's nice to see a show of hands in the room. like, who has access to IT people within two weeks from now or four weeks from now? Raise your hand. Okay. It's quite some. It's good. Are you, in, are you also in a corporate? No? I think what, I, what I've experienced, like going through all the countries that we work with with ING, is that the backlog of IT is always one or two years long. Right? So getting priority in terms of getting something done is, is harder than you would expect. Uh, but experimentation in that sense is really hard to execute when you get to the really experiments you want to run in the market, like digital experiments or like prototypes. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to realize them uh, when you really want to show the behavior with it. So technology is one of the, the, the things that's missing that we see, and that's also sometimes how we help by building MVPs. 
Um, so that, yeah, that for me is the, the biggest one. And then getting meetings to get approval for experiments can take long, obviously, because compliance, marketing, they're busy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I see, like, really greatly how that's been improving in the past two years. Like, there's, like, people that you know you need to go to, and then they, they will respond within a couple of hours with an answer if you can do something with that. So that's one of the learnings I've observed as an outsider. It's really yeah, really good. Yeah, And I think inside, uh, we see that... Uh, the change of mindset really needs to take place, and that's not mm -hmm. only on the execution level, but uh, also on the on the management level. Um, and we see that we need to help uh, management uh, on to be how to be a mentor and how to be supportive mm -hmm. of teams uh, having this way of working. Uh, and that means that you have to ask different questions um, and not be the friend of the team, but still challenging. So it's a bit different than uh, than used to. Uh, so that's one of the things, and indeed, uh, the experimentation framework is uh, a growing model still, um, because we want to remain as agile as possible, taking into account uh, the, the the legal issues that we have to obey to. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so yeah, the more we can improve and speed up that process, the better we will become in uh, fast experimentation and fast results in the end. And how long does it normally take to, to complete one of these experiments, give or take? Oh. Months. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really depends on the yeah. type of experiment, but uh, preferably depending on like how how data driven you want to be, it goes from maybe a week. But then if you go really elaborate, it can take up to a month or two weeks, where you generate enough data and mm -hmm. like remove enough bias by running something for two weeks online from your experiment. So it it really depends on what you're doing and how much data you're collecting. Yes, but we yeah. do see that within the accelerator, um, yeah, we only have three months, so uh, and sometimes even less. So you have to speed up in that way, and that's why it's as important to have this agreed uh, ground with each other in which you can experiment freely. And how long, once the experiment's completed, the success, do customers access these services? Interesting question. So uh, <laughs> I think the last round of, the first round of accelerators, which took place uh, at the beginning of 2016, um, are now starting to uh, get to production. Yeah. Okay. But it, it, it kind of like maybe to add to that, it, over like over the past two years, I've been pushing teams a little bit more to do concierge MVP uh, mm. style of experiments, meaning that they deliver <coughs> the value by hand by being you know, like the service, and that really speeds up because there is almost no IT involved, there's almost no automation, and they can really focus on making one or two customers happy and identify the the end value that they deliver, and that always speaks as well as when you're trying to get buy-in inside the company, like mm -hmm. hey, we have two people who are actually calling us for more. Yeah, can we scale it up to twenty? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I got getting back to the buy-in from the companies because obviously I've worked for big corporations as well, a uh, big telecoms company which has sunk like the Titanic. <laughs> um, I'm Canadian, so I'm referring to Nortel Networks, and w you know one of the big challenges uh, I experienced when I worked within that organization was changing those mindsets. Um, so many people were recalcitrant to change, even though they knew it was good for them. Now, just going back, because obviously the buy-in, you need it from a legal perspective, the management, but what about your media team? I mean, you must have experienced some, you know, um, hesitations and, and resistance. And how did you overcome that? You, you talk about training, but if you could just elaborate a bit more, because I think that's one of the biggest obstacles in introducing innovation and getting people to actually get on board and, and complete a project successfully. Sure. I think uh, in the initial stage, we of course had the early adapters, so the very enthusiastic uh, <laughs> people on board. Uh, uh, and even then, you see that there's some 
a, a dip in the accelerator period of time. And that sometimes has to do with the output of the experiments or that has to do with the fact that uh, often people don't know each other, so they're in a team, a new team set up. Um, we have our coaches uh, to coach this process. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's more on innovation process, sometimes it's more on uh, team uh, um, skills. Uh, and sometimes it's really to link with the external experts on uh, bringing in that expertise and, and really focus on how this can be mm -hmm. uh, renewing and adding to our services that we, uh, that we offer and or that we are building at the moment. And how long has this process, I mean, your relationship with Firm House, how long, is, how long have you guys been working together? And one and a half to two and years. So one and a half, two years. And how many services do you think you've launched successfully? <laughs> it's like, as to into, like into the market or yeah, how many teams have we have worked with? Yeah, Sorry? into the market. Yeah. Just uh, giving a ballpark. I think that's very hard to determine. Like, like you said, like it sometimes takes two years for something to hit the market. So I think at this moment, the, the, the things that we've been involved in mm -hmm. are getting there. And yeah. obviously not everything makes it to the end. No. Um, so that's like sometimes even hard to track. Like, we, there's many programs going on, so we, mm -hmm. we don't always see the end result that we're involved in, unfortunately. Right. Um, and, and sometimes it ends up as, as a feature maybe as a, in a service that like it's again hard to track, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's good to leverage on because um, not all the initiative that we have are very disruptive or uh, right. we think that this way of working should be adopted mm -hmm. throughout the organization mm -hmm. uh, so also for not that innovative uh, initiatives uh, but the consumer validation uh, we think should take place anywhere and that's why I think I agree with your answer it's hard to tell because uh, a lot of teams are catching up with this at the moment so uh, and the reason being why it takes a bit of time from the uh, to get from accelerator to production is the fact that we are also still learning how to go from prototype to uh, to the first MVP, so the viable product to bring life. Uh, okay. Yeah, just a couple more questions. Um, just going back to, uh, to to you, Bob. So, just give me one of your sort of main observations or key insights working for a big uh, financial institution. What is what are some some new revelations that uh, you didn't anticipate? <coughs> Um, uh, what I didn't anticipate. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, it's a complete new world. So so coming from, like, we're a small company, we're 10 people. Uh, we were doing this with startups all along. We're doing this ourselves, our own projects. And then the first time you can, like, design an experiment in your workshop, and the team's like, okay, now we're going to call 10 people to see if we can actually run this. And you're like, 10 people? It's like, there's not one. Right? So again, like I said before, that's currently that's that process being simplified, and now it's like s s you go to two people. But back then, it was like, wow. So the big insight there was you need to get that buy, that buy in like as early as possible and as clear as possible. Uh, you need to be able to really communicate well to stakeholders or any other support functions mm -hmm. like risk and compliance, why we're doing this, how we're doing this, and what is actually the risk that we're taking. Uh, because there is a big language difference that you need to, to bridge uh, between the two. And uh, that's really crucial if you want to be successful as a corporate innovator in that environment mm -hmm. to get that buy in. And just one more question for you. We, we started off talking about cultural transformation and, mm -hmm. um, you know, how do we keep the passion alive, I, I suppose, uh, with innovation? And 
you know, make sure that everyone continues to be on board, not just on the accelerator side, but, you know, triggering upwards to the, the actual big institution and all of the, the key players getting on board. How do you manage to, to create that long-term culture of innovation? Yeah. So uh, we also have uh, the Innovation Bootcamp, um, and that's a yearly initiative in which anyone from the whole organization can pitch in their idea, uh, and we run through to a final, and, uh, and that actually, uh, the idea that wins is going to be brought to production, um, and some even uh, that get a second or third place. Uh, so that's one of the ways, um, of course, by settling our chief innovation office that also helps uh, and uh, having the fintech department there, we continuously seek uh, also outside on how we can learn from uh, from external experts on uh, um, ad adapting ourselves to new market uh, trends, etc. So, um, yeah, these are all ways. And of course, our innovation transformation program. Um, to help keeping that spirit alive. Yeah, great. I think we've run out of time. Um, Yanni, thank you very much for, for your time, you. Bob, as well. I don't think we have time for, for Q&A, but if you're interested in learning more about uh, this fantastic partnership, Yanni and Bob will be outside at their booth, and they'll be there to answer any of the questions you yeah. might have. Yeah. The booth of Firm House. Yes, Firm House. Firm House. We're there yeah. for one hour, so yeah. meet us there. Right. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks. Thank